Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Song. Oh, yeah, like that. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Yeah, that's number 50, Brock, for you and me, who both butchered K.J.'s number this week. Who did that? Both me and Brock. Impossible. Brock called you 51. Mostly Salk. No, 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 no. You said 51 multiple times, and I was like, no, it's 59. And then as I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't look right in my mind. No way. I was one away. 59. 50 is a much better number than either 51. At least Bruce Irvin wore 51. At least he was in the linebacker crew. Yeah, that's fair. I've been together for 20, 20 weeks now, and huh? I've been for 10 years. Yeah, you can't forget about that. Yeah, your time is sort of... <laughs> Clearly, you can. <laughs> We've all Clearly. We sort of moved past all that Okay. Now. You didn't wear a cool 56 or anything like that. I mean, if you take LT's number, believe me, I would have remembered. Okay, it's all good. I, I see where we stand. I see where we stand. <laughs> Welcome well, to offseason. I'm be really mad at you if we can't get KJ back next year. I know, yeah. I'll, mm. I'll have blown it with this number conversation. Mm. Well, I'll try to make it up to you. As soon as the game ended on Saturday, I found myself thinking I can't wait until Wednesday yeah. to hear what KJ has to say about this game and, and why it all. I, seriously, I w- I'm very excited to hear your point of view because we've been talking about it a lot. Why are the Seahawks not playing anymore? Because the Niners are very, very, very good. And um, watching the game, I'm going to be completely honest, I was surprised in the first half. Uh, we was winning. We was winning the first half. And I was like, okay, we really may have a chance. But then reality hit. Um, I'm not sure what speech Kyle Shanahan gave at halftime, but I'm sure it was very powerful. And um, those guys really came out to play. Um, it just showed that they have better, you know, more talent. I believe their play calling was excellent on both sides of the ball. And um, it's just way too much. It was way too much for us to handle. And you saw in the second half, D-line came alive. The play calling came alive. Debo Samuel came alive. And it just showed that they were the superior team. In the end, KJ, was it more about the chess match or the chess pieces? The chess pieces. They just had too many dudes. Christian McCaffrey, 100 yards. Debo Samuel, 100 yards. Um, Ayuk played phenomenal. You got George Kittle. You got Trent Williams. You just got the guys on that side of the ball. A few guys on the other side of the ball, too. I didn't even get to that side. <laughs> I didn't even get to that side. And um, you just have Bosa up front, Armstead, just way too many guys, man. I believe that when you look at the blueprint for putting a team together, that's what it's. That's what it looks. You think like. they have the most talented roster in the NFL? It's not even close. Really? No, so Buffalo, Kansas City, et cetera. I mean, they've got the quarterbacks, but you think if overall, Buffalo were totally healthy, if Von Miller was Von there, Miller, their yeah. safeties were there, Hyde, and they've lost so many people. Yeah. Yep. 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 I, I, they that might compete, but yeah, both sides of it and special teams. I mean, in every phase of it, Lynch and Shanahan have put together. The, the league's best roster right now. Absolutely. And just just the blueprint, just the interior of that team is solid. The linebackers are solid. And um, it, it goes to the question. It goes to the question that everyone asking. What do you do at the quarterback position? Can you win when you have absolute phenomenal talent around your quarterback? And it's showing, <laughs> it's showing that if you have the dudes around him and you don't need to ask much of him, 
you can get the job done. And it's looking like this team is headed headed towards the Super Bowl. We talked to Pete about this on Monday and said, okay, you know, where is that talent gap and what does it look like between you and the Niners is what he said. There's 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 a distance here. It's really because of what they got up front. Their front seven is really, really well equipped. Their linebackers have been there like four years together, the same three guys playing. Uh, the, uh, Tufanga that, that came in just jumped right into it and became an excellent factor <clears throat> out of nowhere, you know, and, and uh, he fits in like he's been there for his whole career. But the guys up front really make a difference. I mean, Armstead is un- unbelievably talented. Uh, he's a problem every snap. Bosa is a problem every snap. And we, we breathe a sigh of relief when he has to take a break, you know, so we can go ahead and, and get after it. And uh, those guys make enough stuff happen, and they demand so much focus in the game plan and the approach because they're going to do something to you if you don't, um, that that's, that's a big difference than what we, what we have. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and my question is, who are the Seahawks guys up well, front? I asked him that question. I said, who, who are your guys that are a problem? <laughs> what what he, is that? He, well, he, <laughs> said, he said Jordan Brooks and so, sometimes Quandre and that Tariq Woolen was getting there. Uh, I think if he were to have a little more time to think about the question, he might have added uh, Chenna Luosu yeah. to that. But that is very different, and those guys play very different positions than the group that he's talking about with the Niners. I'll tell you who are the guys. I'll tell you who are the guys. It's Chenna. It's Big Al. That's it. Yeah. Up front. Those, those are the guys. And those Big Al guys. was a big-time wear down, unfortunately, yep. just yep. at this he's age and stage of his that. career yep. and, and body just is is breaking down over the course of a season and just trying mm-hmm. to put him back together to play. Mm-hmm. Is and a big I, and deal. I like Chenna, by the way. I, I think he is a piece of a very good defense. Yep, and those are. The, I don't know if he's mm-hmm. a centerpiece of a very good defense. He's, he's not. He's not. But on a consistent basis, a guy that set the tone, a guy that made those splash mm-hmm. plays that you needed throughout the season, he was the guy that showed up. And um, when you look at this roster, you look at this defense, you know, it's part of a legendary defense. You need more pieces to the puzzle. You need guys that's going to set the tone. You need guys that are going to get in the backfield. You need guys that are going to make those splash plays. But what position do those guys play? So you, if you yeah. if you are agnostic about the actual names of players right now, but I tell you, all right, KJ, you got to go bring in four players to this defense to make them better. What positions do you want to upgrade? Linebacker, in particular, inside linebackers, mm-hmm. um, defensive defensive line, the interior defensive line. Give me another pass rush. Give me another pass rusher. So we may have to get two linebackers. Mm-hmm. We may have to get two linebackers. Interior defensive line. You need to to get that core right. When you look at us when we played the Niners, I look at my linebackers going lateral. I get see my defensive line getting pushed off the ball. That's not winning football. No, you that's get, 505 yards. <laughs> <laughs> that's t- that's scoring on eight of nine the, possessions. The, there you go. Eight yeah. of nine? So what is it like? Uh, is yeah, a- they scored on eight of nine, and then they kneel down yeah. gracefully at the end. <laughs> well, very gracefully. Yes. What, uh, what is it like as a linebacker, especially when you're playing the middle, right? When you're mm-hmm. playing the sort of the, the, the weak side linebacker there. What is it like when the line gets washed into you? You can't see. You can't see. You have to have your hands in your defensive lineman's back. And um, as a linebacker, you can't flow. I want to be able to flow fast. I want to be able to read my keys. And wherever the running back is, I want to meet the running back on the other side of the line of scrimmage. If I have a 300-pound th- a man in my lap, 
I cannot play effectively when you are getting dr- driven into the back into to my lap. I cannot see. I have no vision. And so when you ask, what do we need up front? We need dudes up front that will handle these offensive linemen so that the back end can so, play free. So, so probably the best middle linebacker we've seen in our lifetime is Ray Lewis, right? Would, would you agree? Certainly on the list. No? Oh, we're going to say no? Well, he's going to say one 54. He's obviously he's gonna, one He's going to put 54 on I'm that list. I'm not Bobby wouldn't be on that I'll, list. I will put Luke Keekley up there as okay. well. Okay. All right. Yeah, a couple yeah there's, guys. there's a guy. There's, right, there's a lot let, of guys. Let's start for a moment with Ray Lewis. Would Ray Lewis have been Ray Lewis without Haloni Nada? Or, like, are there guys <laughs> Sam that are, Adams, right, Tony I mean, Siragusa. Are there guys that are so good at playing linebacker that they can overcome some of those defensive line issues, or is it just not possible? You have to have enough space to operate. For any linebacker to be successful, you need guys up front. You need dudes to take up those linemen. You need dudes to get penetration. You need guys around you to be successful. Ray Lewis is not running sideline to sideline if guards are just climbing right up to him and just blocking him every play. If you watch Bobby his last two years, watch how people started blocking Bobby. These dudes were literally ignore the dudes up front. We're not double teaming this defensive lineman. What we're going to do is going to climb up to fifty four, mm. right here, right now. Makes we're going to make someone else beat us. Go watch the tape. That's how things started happening. And so, if you got guys up front that can just take up, um, just get blocked one on one and climb to the linebacker, it's so, going to be a long so, day. So, can you afford then to have okay linebackers if you've got good enough guys up front? You can. You can, and when you look at the Seahawks, they don't have either one of them. <laughs> they don't. They don't have either one of them. I say that with the utmost respect. I, I love my guys. They don't have either one of them, and so it, it's going to have to be a lot of work done. It got to be a lot of work done. Rule number one, priority number one: get bigger, get more explosive up front, and you do need to get up, upgraded linebacker. Hmm. Jordan is hurt. He's um, no telling when he's coming back. Cody Barton. Free agent. There's no telling what's happening there. You got to get some dudes that could play linebacker. All right, we got a lot more questions for KJ Brock. What do you want to ask him next? Oh, probably about Gino. Oh. And yeah, Is and then we have a whole there? exercise. We're going to walk through the roster. I do want to know. We're going to exercise with KJ. Is this more of you trying to get us to exercise? No, that's a little bit. But I do also want to know how his defense would have stopped those Niners. So I got, I got Dang. like it so much. It would have oh, been a battle. So much to get to. <laughs> would it have been a tougher battle than the Niners? You guys had to stop. Yes. Much tougher, right? Much, mm. much tougher. Oh yeah, we, we Harbaugh have... versus Shanahan. Yeah. Mm. Nine, oh, man. nine day. We got forty-five minutes more fun nine with KJ. Day. Right? Don't go anywhere. It's Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on seven ten. CLSports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. KJ Wright. Of course, this hour brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Thank you to Muckleshoot for giving us KJ throughout the course of this whole season. It's been awesome having him in here every week. We've learned a lot. We've laughed a lot. Honestly, I've learned a ton about football and about the years gone by with the Seahawks. I feel like the insight has been really incredible. So thank you for coming in, and thanks to Muckleshoot for helping to to make it happen. You signing Geno Smith? I'm signing Geno Smith. Is there a limit to the amount of money you would spend on Geno Smith? Absolutely. There's a limit to everyone. Every, everyone has a limit. If we can't come to a mutual agreement, if you feel like your number exceeds what we're willing to pay for as an organization with the direction that we want to go as a team, um, I thank you. But we just we just can't come to this conclusion. So it's going to is they're they're going to talk before he hits the market. Can you talk. walk us through your life experiences? 
because you've been through this a couple times. I, th- I think we asked you earlier this season, and, and you had lamented signing maybe in December, looking back on it now and, and not hitting mm-hmm. the market. Then you ultimately did kind of hit the market, and they allowed you to hit the market and had the conversation. Can you kind of circle back or bring us inside how you think that is working since, well, <clears throat> you've done it a few times. Yep, a few yep. times with this organization. Yep. For me, let's talk about the second time. The second time was um, I went I went through it. I went through the um, went through the process. I was coming off my injury. I was coming off an injury. My knee injury. So my mine was a little tricky, but I hit the market. And for me, Brock, it was quiet. For me, I had no one I calling my phone. Did you think it was going to be quiet? Like you and your agent, you walk through January, February, right? You're talking to the Seahawks. I'm sure you got a little mm-hmm. feel from them. Or How did you anticipate that all happening? Nope. nope. The way that it works, Brock, is that you have your exit meeting. So every free agent meets with the GM, meets with the head coach. And it's like, hey, you want to come back? Like, absolutely, I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what they do is like, okay, we're going to try to, we're gonna try to figure something out. Let's get something done. And then it gets real. The market hits, and you don't hear from them, and it's quiet. And what happens, Brock, is you see all your linebacker buddies get signed. Oh, Quan Alexander gets signed. Demario Davis gets signed. And you're looking like, why is no one calling my phone? And so for Geno, I don't know how it's going to be. If Geno does hit the market, my question is, will people be blowing up his phone? And my question is, who will it be that's blowing up his phone? If the Seahawks are thinking like, hmm, I don't know if the the Falcons will want him or if the Colts will want him, and they're willing to wait and play that waiting game, then by all means, they would do that. But the question is, I believe that they talk. I believe that these GMs talk, and they like have these little secret mm-hmm. societies like, are you thinking about getting this guy? Are you thinking about getting this guy? They know. I'm, I'm convinced. So you think there's some collusion? I'm convinced. I'm not going to say the word conclude. Con, con, All right, because that has a specific labor term. Yeah, I, I believe that there are conversations that are had of like, what are you thinking about this guy? But and, shouldn't there then also be conversations from your agent? I mean, isn't that what you're paying your agent for is to be well, right in the mix? Unless the agents are in on it. Yeah, we, no more conspiracy theories on this show, guys. No more conspiracy theories. None of that. None of that. But That's my conspiracy, but not yes, yours. Yes, the way that worked, Brock, is they go to the combine. They go to the combine and they talk. They talk to the GMs. What are you thinking mm-hmm. about this guy? Mm-hmm. What do you know here? Are you interested in this guy? So they talk to multiple people to see where things Which is happen. legal, by the way. That's sure. like there's a legal tampering period or yes. an opportunity for those guys to all kind of get involved and try to get a feel for where the market is. So, again, back to your situation, different than Geno's. You're coming off of an injury and everything else and a little different age maybe than Gino as far as wear and tear and everything. Mm-hmm. But you, your agent goes to the combine and gathered information. And did you have a sense? Did you think that the market would be calling a little bit more? That's a really good question. Looking back at it, I, I honestly don't remember. But I was asking him, what do you think? We're talking about numbers. Like, this is what guys in your position are making. We're going to try to meet this number as well. And so you compare yourselves to other linebackers that are making similar. It's your position, same age. And so it's a scale of what's put into place. But um, I'm telling you, but I never got the real free agent journey because I really thought that my career was over with, with my knee injury. Mm-hmm. Then you go to my 10th year, COVID happened. The, the salary cap shrunk. And so you got a shrunk salary cap. You got a, a, a linebacker going to his 11th year. He's getting pushed to the side. We got to mm-hmm. worry about the young guys. We got to worry about the prime positions. And so I got pushed to the wayside on that. And so it didn't get signed until the tra- uh, end of training camp. And so my journey was bizarre. My free agent journey was one to forget and um, <laughs> one that was very stressful. <laughs> and um, 
And so um, it was rough for me, but I believe like for Gino, the question is, do the Seahawks believe that someone else will pay him? And my question is, who are those teams? Well, it sounds like you, we'll find you out believe? the answer to that based on whether or not they sign him in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. And so will it be the Falcons? I don't know. Will it be the Colts? I don't know. The Jets need a quarterback. And so it depends on where these teams want to take their future. And if Geno is in their future, then the Seahawks got to find a way, oh, do we franchise him? Do we let him walk? And so there's so many things. What do you think the market will be? As you sit here, you're now putting on an analyst cap. It's awesome Mm -hmm. to share your background and your history. And again, you have with John Schneider and Matt Thomas and Pete Carroll, you you've had this journey with them, mm-hmm. and, and now, we know that the salary cap for or the uh, the um, the uh, franchise, franchise tag for for a quarterback is going to be in the let's call thirty three million dollar range. We're we're not even going to entertain that. We're not going to entertain that. I believe that with what Geno has put together, with what Geno has said, Geno wants to be here. With the Seahawks roster now, that number got to be – I'm not trying to count the man's pocket. Let's get this very clear. You know, people tell me, don't count the man's pocket. But it's good. it got to be around the 20-ish. 20-ish? 20. Wow. Yeah, Hold on a wild. second. What people wow. say what about don't get – what don't do you count, say? Don't po- count a man's pocket. Don't. When we get to talk about finances, people like, don't count a man's pocket. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not here to count anyone's pocket. Well, but that's sort of our job sometimes in the media yes. is to become yeah. if there wasn't a salary cap, we probably wouldn't be as interested in doing that. Quite yeah. frankly, I don't care how much Jody Allen pays pays anybody on the team. Pay him yeah. $100 million a piece. Mm-hmm. But in a salary cap world, you can only you afford to. So we're, we're talking about it not not because you're counting what's in Geno's pocket, but because you're trying to ter- determine what the Seahawks need to do to mm-hmm. build a winning team. Absolutely. And there are a lot of pieces that need to be filled. There are a lot of pieces that need to be filled. Granted, they won nine games, got, got into the playoffs, but that is not the standard. So if we can meet at a happy medium, a number that makes sense for both of and us. And you think that number's around 20? Yep. So do I, by the way. That's a lot, a lot less, by the way, than we've heard. I mean, Brady Henderson, who does a great job, our friend reporting on the Seahawks, has said that he thinks that number is over twenty-five and probably closer mm-hmm. to thirty million a year. And I got to admit, I have some, I have some concerns about paying that much money for Gino because. I don't know that Gino's that much better than Drew Locke, who I think you could get for ten. And if there's a twenty million dollar savings between them. I think there's a real conversation to be had there. Now, you start talking about Geno at 20, I don't know how you say no to that. To me, yeah. that, that's a no-brainer from the Seahawks' perspective. And I feel like I feel like it's from, from both perspectives. I, you, clearly, what we heard with Geno, like, this team done so much for me. I want to be here. Hmm. I love it. I believe that what's best for Geno and the way he wants to end his career is to stay here. What if there's $30 million available for Geno somewhere else? Hold on. Think about it for a moment. We'll ask you when you come back. And then Brock's got his exercise. He's ready to, to run you through the paces. So we got a lot going on. KJ Wright's here. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. What was our question for KJ Brock? Where did we leave this? The thirty million dollar question. Hey, yeah. So, what's your answer? If he can get that, yeah. What if he can get thirty million somewhere else? Uh, he should go. He should go. He should go. And you should let him go. You should let him go. Yep. If he can get that, you you should let him go. And you don't. And I don't think you franchise him. You don't franchise him and try to trade him because I don't know if anyone would 
Well, uh, yeah, yeah. You have to know that somebody else is willing you to know. give something up in order yeah. to, yeah, otherwise you're paying them $32 million a year next yeah. year. Hmm. Mm. There are other options, right? If, if that comes up, there are other options. Yep. Here's what we know about the market. You've got a few choices. You don't have that number three pick we were counting on, but you got the number Longer. five pick. That could be C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, potentially, but you won't know that until late April, and yep. so you got to make a decision on what you do before then. You've got Drew Locke, who you apparently like, according to Pete. They like everything he did in practice. Pete says he really likes the system. He'd be a lot cheaper if the system is that good and Drew is as talented as he says. As I watch Daniel Jones advance in the playoffs, I have to wonder if Drew Locke is capable of doing the same thing. Or you got a couple of guys that are sitting out there potentially available. One would be Lamar Jackson, and the other would be Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Do any of those directions intrigue you? The Derek Carr one does. If we cannot get Geno done, um, I like him over Drew Locke, and I was with Derek Carr last year. Talented quarterback, teammates love him, teammates respect him, and I believe that when it comes to Coach Carroll once again, I believe that Coach Carroll can fix Derek Carr. I believe that he can bring out the best in him leadership-wise. I believe he can bring out the best in him with protecting the football with all those interceptions he's thrown. I believe that he can come into this system with the weapons that we have. If we can find a great number with Derek Carr, I believe that would be a really good pickup. If Geno cannot Would you trade the number 20 pick for him? For Derek Carr? Yeah. No. Okay. No, absolutely not. So you're not trading a first-round pick? No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I like him, but not that that much. I just want to make sure I understand how much the love is. And so more than likely, Derek is going to get released. Yeah. He's going to get released, and um, teams are going to be interested in him. They are going to get. They are going to be very interested mm-hmm. in him, and so it depends if Derek wants to play the waiting game, if he wants to sign early, and so on. If that does present itself, I play with Derek Carr, and I've seen he can do some really good how stuff. About a, how about a minute, Brock? I'm going to let you jump in. I know you got your whole exercise. Oh, we can get to our exercise. Yeah, exercise can always wait in the offseason. How about a mid round pick? You trade. I mean, if you want to avoid all those other teams <laughs> battling with you for his services, trade a fourth round pick for Derek Carr. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then you're taking on millions and millions. Oh, yeah, million yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that piece. Yeah, you got to take on the money. $40 million a year. No. <laughs> no, I forgot about that piece. I forgot about that piece. Absolutely not. I'm not taking on that much money. Not for him. Not for him. We're not, we're not playing those games. We're not doing that. I mean, hasn't the league shown you that this year, KJ? And, I, and it always has. And part of our conversations for the last 20 weeks that have been a blast, I'll echo what Salk said, have also, you know, kind of been around the old QB at times and mm-hmm. paying a QB $40 million and what that does and how that impacts the rest of your team. Hasn't this league, to a degree, and the New York Giants and Brock Purdy and even Jalen Hurts, to a degree, shown mm-hmm. you that it's about your team? It's about the, the- that it's about the roster, that it's about building up that roster instead of just, oh, gosh, hey, you go carry us. And Mahomes, you know, he can still carry you. Allen. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to give the game away, you know, three turnovers in the first <laughs> yeah. in, on, on his side of the field and everything else. But I don't know, man. It just feels like this league, maybe because Russell wasn't here and we got to watch it with Geno making seven million bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And we certainly got to watch it with San Francisco and Brock Purdy, you know, beach beat us three different times that, man, that roster is such an important if not the most important part of this whole conversation. Absolutely. Twenty two guys play on the football field. 
11 on offense, 11 on defense. And you need Jimmy's and Joe's on the football field. You cannot put all of your – my mama told me a great story when I was a kid. She said, son, don't put all your eggs in one basket. She said that since I was a baby. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You cannot put all your money into the position and expect him to just carry a football team. You want to even out the playing field. You want to have guys all over the place. And so when you look at it, when it comes to the salary cap that the NFL does have, if you put $40 million here, $30 million here, you're going to look at your defensive line and you're going to be like, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> or you're going to look at your DBs like, oh, these guys cannot cover – couldn't cover their own shadow, and so you got to find a way to just even the playing fields, and it's shown and it's proven that you can do that. Are you ready to exercise now? Is that why you're pointing the finger at me? Yeah, you I'm ready. ready to go? To, I mean, not physically. Okay. We got some people hoping that if you, if KJ and I have to exercise, that he's on my non-sweaty side rather than my sweaty side. <laughs> you still have the one pit that's yeah. still. Do you really? Yeah, my right pit sweats a lot more than my left. <clears throat> Already, I don't know why. Like, I'll be sitting here totally dry on one side and, like, just gross, sweaty right armpit. It's nasty. Kind of a a tough look. Uh, This is – I don't want to (laughs) steal, like, you know, I don't want to steal my my pre-core exercise plan. This was really Maura's exercise, and I'm just, you know, I want to give her credit. I don't want to just take it and make it my own. Uh, Last night in our email, KJ, that Mm Miss Maura sends to Saul and Justin and myself every night, doing all this work all afternoon, she said, we've talked a lot about the changes that need to happen up front for these Seahawks last couple days. Mm -hmm. With Coach Carroll, Saul and I walked through it. As the Seahawks look to solidify this defensive unit, who can be elevated? KJ, so the question in the exercise is this. Whose game can be elevated? Like Ray Lewis. With Siragusa and Adams and Haloti not in front of them, if difference makers are put around them, and then who just is it time to move on from? So as we walk through the roster here and you consider this, now some of it's contractual. Mm-hmm. I think Shelby, you save like ten million bucks, nine million bucks on the salary cap. So I don't, I'm not going to include him. I just I think he's going to be a cap casualty. Uh, but so we'll move him aside and look at the whole rest of the crew. And you tell me. Is there more in the tank if they have better people around them? Or is it just time to say, hey, man, God bless you, as Mike Holmgren said to me, you know, on my way out the door in my final exit interview. Like, God bless, bless you. But bless your heart, but you're, it's time for you to go. So more in the tank or God bless you. Got it. Yeah. Yep. LJ Collier. God bless you. <laughs> How you going to start it off with that? Why you got to say it like that? Dude, you know what you're doing. That's not right. Uh, you set excuse me, over me. Dude, that's just uh, wrong. Sulk, open your email. I'm going through the list, top Ooh. to that bottom. Is, that is the order I had it in. You I'm sorry. I'll take that one. Use a little bit. I started with Shelby, and I took that bullet, all right? <laughs> no, you didn't. You you qualified it with some garbage about the salary cap, and then Ooh. you set him up with LJ Collier. What? That's just wrong. You watch your mouth. Dude, that's I am, right. I am going through Mora's workouts, okay? We start with the bench press. We're going to the incline. We're going to burpees. Then we got some shrugs. That's bad news. Okay, fine. Um, Okay. Suck is mad right now. You did KJ dirty. That's not right. (laughs) Puna Ford. Mm. Uh, Puna is probably my top five all-time favorite teammates. Really? I love Puna Ford. Let's get this loud and clear. He might be a bottom five radio interview ever in any sport. (laughs) He's not going to say two words to you. But I love this dude with all my heart. I'm going to put some respect on Puna's name. Um, Puna, schematically wise, he will will have a way better career in the system that he played in 
with the four three, him at the nose, him at the three. Mm. Yeah. Um, him going lateral is not his game at all. Yeah. So that's where I'm saying with that. Can you pull up Salk while I go through this exercise? Since you brought up his name yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Can you pull up Vita Vea's interview? What do no. you talk about? Top five interview oh, all time? <laughs> yeah. Do you know Vita at all? <laughs> Puna's not going to give you two words. But, man, I love uh, that dude. He calls okay. me unk. So, he just, I give him a hug every time I see him. I love Salk, Puna. you pull up Puna. So I think that that I was. I Vita Vea on all right, here. I'll, I'll play it for you. You want to hear Vita? So this broke, broke my rule. I, I said very specifically to Brock, <laughs> never, ever have a college kid on before 10 a.m. It's just not right. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to the audience. It's not fair to anybody. And so we broke that rule because the Huskies were going to the Final Four, right, against Alabama yeah. that year. And so we had Vita on. He's unbelievable player. And I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't ask him a good question. Maybe this one's on me. But this is what it sounded like. Vita, what's your favorite thing to do on a football field? Um... I, I, I guess just playing. <laughs> Is this live? That was live. <laughs> that's a not, if you're wondering, that's a nine-second pause, <laughs> mostly what? with dead silence, followed by just play. <laughs> I hope you had a good follow-up. No, no, I was, I was like, hey, you know what, man? We're gonna let you go back to sleep. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Good luck in the NFL next year. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so to uh, replay our three, Shelby's right. a cap casualty. LJ I, is a God bless you. Puna is a better fit elsewhere. Yes. Al Woods. More left in the tank. Mm. More left in the tank. Um, you see him, obviously, with his age, you got to manage him over the season. But, man, he he's the guy up front. He's the only guy up front that I was like that I could depend on. It's like Big Al is going to come ready to play, and he's going to be good. I'm, I'm bringing Big Al Woods back. Minimum deal with incentives, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with that. No, he, but he's still I totally under, agree with that. I'm still, with KJ 100% so he's far. He's still under contract, though. Oh, I think he is. I think you're right. Good. Yeah. Quentin Jefferson. Once again, I love Quentin Jefferson. Him here in this game is not for him. Not the right fit. Not the right fit. You know, what's interesting as we're walking through this, Salk, I was wondering, and I don't know if you've got the cut in front of you, when Pete, Pete said the word concessions about this scheme. You asked him specifically on Monday, hey, was it the 4-3? Is it the 3-4? Are you mm -hmm. going to stick with this scheme? And he was definitive, KJ. He was definitive with us that morning. He was definitive in his final press conference that he's going to stick with this scheme. But he did use the word, hey, we know going into it, we made concessions. Is that the concession? That basically, as I'm listening to you with all these D linemen, they just weren't a fit for this scheme. Yep. You see it. You see it. Puna, no. Um... Quentin, Quentin, LJ, no, um, Q, no. So it's, was it a mistake in retrospect? Was it a mistake or was it, hey, this is just well, a rebuild year and we're going to go about it. Transition we're gonna, year. Yeah, yeah, transition year and we're going to, we know we're making concessions here. We can't put a finger in every hole in the dike. So, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a group that's going to have to make the most concessions physically, mm -hmm. it's going to be this crew on the defensive line. Yep, and I believe that John Schneider has a full understanding of what's being asked. He knows, Coach, Coach Carroll has told John, this is what I need. This is what I need you to go out and find. This is the roster we have to put together. And so he has a full understanding of what needs to be done in order to move forward. This is a scheme. This is the plan. Clint Hurt is our play caller. Bring in the big boy so we can dominate up front. 
Uh, Brian Monet's on this list. He had significant knee injury, something that Pete said even afterwards was a lot worse when they went in than yes. they thought. So I'm not even going to include him as far as next year. Did you see enough from Miles Adams either way? I like Miles Adams. Mm-hmm. I, I like him more in the tank, mm-hmm. more in the tank. He's okay. a guy that made some plays. Bring him back. Young, bring him back. Was Alton Robinson on the roster this year? He was hurt all year. Was hurt. Alton Robinson was too? Okay. Uh, Daryl Taylor. <laughs> yes, more in the tank. More in the tank with nine and a half sacks. He disappeared for like seven games. And I'm like, where, the, where is this guy? Can you come ready to play? Then he magically reappears and almost gets yeah, double digit sacks. If you could put him in a third down situation where all he's doing is rushing the passer, yep. right? I mean, sort of like uh, the situation Cliff was in his first year here, yep. right? Where he's basically just doing that. Same he thing. Could be a monster. With, same thing role. with uh, Yannick Igakwe. Like, he's not going to be a guy who can give you much out of the run, hmm. but. When it's second and 10 plus, third down, let this man go eat. Is Daryl Taylor, as I hear you guys say that, and I hadn't thought about this until right now, is he a possible trade? If he doesn't, if, if that's all, he, he was a second round pick. We've he's shown you he's before, had right? seven Martin, and a half, some other guys. eight and a half sacks, like around the league. I mean, he, he has gotten you production on paper the last two years. Yeah. And is there something to be said that he may just be schematically, KJ, a fit elsewhere and not within this bare front? I believe, I believe that you found a, I'm not going to say a gem, but with Daryl Taylor, you found a guy that has a lot of upside. Hmm. He has a lot of upside. And like when, when Cliff came in here the other week, he still hasn't scratched the surface. He still hasn't even learned how to rush the passer. So give him a few more years. Next year is year four for him. Mm-hmm. See how year four goes and then decide if you want to make a move in. But let oh. him be on this roster next year. Okay, that's a lot of our front. Tyreek Smith was on the IR all season long, late round pick as well from Ohio State. So we'll keep him off. And now we'll move to the linebackers. How's our exercise going? You hydrated? You good? You need a little break? Let's or keep it going. Got right? special water over Let's there. Keep it I going. can see that he's all got right. his essential water. Yes. Cody Barton. Got to go. God bless him. I, I love Cody. God bless him. It's just. Mm-hmm. He had, this was his I'll even give him a bless your heart because that was the other one Holmgren would say to me. Oh, bless your heart, Brock. Oh, bless your heart. You just can't play. Oh, bless your heart. You know, like and, I'm interested and, in the Cody one. I, I I understand what you guys are saying, Brock. You've told me a number of times that Cody is not a starter in this league. KG, I see some of your frustration in watching him. I, I find him to be the one that's hardest to judge right now because of what we're saying about the guys up the front. D-line. I thought when he came in at the end of last year and played the mic when Bobby got hurt, he played really well. That was that, I, I thought he, he came tackles. in. Okay, but I thought I thought he came in and played pretty well. I'm giving you my opinion on him. All right, I thought he played pretty well at the end of last year, and I don't I don't know whether he was just not. I mean, look, I don't think Cody Barton can deal with the wash like KJ was talking about. Obviously, that's not his game. But with his speed, you don't think that he could be valuable if you had a pretty good defensive line no. in front of him? Do you know that there are only 64 Mike and Will linebackers that start on planet Earth? That's it. 64. So when I say to you he's not a starter, that's not to diminish him. He's a backup in this league, and he could be an amazing special teamer, and he is a workaholic, and he's a lot of great things. You know, when I say he's not a starter in this league, that sounds diminishing, but there's 64. That's it. That's that's all that get to play Mike and Will on this planet, and he doesn't have the traits, the size, the strength, the speed, the stopping power, the explosiveness, the stuff that if you want to be a Super Bowl champion – the number 50, not 59, the number 50 right next to you and 54 had that you need at that level, that's what I'm looking for. Man. All right, Brock. Uh, back, to, <laughs> <laughs> back to Salk's point. Um, if you go back and watch the film on the Niners, watch Cody Barton. 
watch how frustrated he was when those defensive linemen were in his lap. Mm. And, you know, I, and it, and I, I'm, I'm more on socks. Like, just with the D-line, how they play, I believe it is hard to judge Cody. But he had his chance. He had 17, game, uh, 18 games. <sighs> nah, man, it, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. Jordan Brooks off an ACL surgery this week. Pete said he may be back at the start of the season. Uh, he's obvious, right? I mean, he, he's got to he's got to get healthy, but he he has a chance to be a difference maker. Yep, yep. And here's the thing with the ACL guys. Let's let's understand when he comes back, he's not you're not back when you come back from an ACL. Let's let's understand that you have to progressively bring Jordan Brooks back. Let's not expect a dominant, phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. Let's expect like 20 plays a game. Next week, 25 plays a game. Next week, it may be sore. Let's scale it back. So it's going to be, you know, with that knee, you got to do it right. You can't just throw him in the fire and just expect him to be back. So obviously he can't be a difference maker, but let's let's just be careful with next year. Okay, last two, because we know Chenna, you mentioned him right off the top as a difference maker. Bruce Irvin, Boye Mafe. Bruce, um, Bruce just finished your 11th. Obviously, that's one of my best friends. Um, I believe it's time to let Boye take over that spot. Um, Boye, obviously, more left in the tank. Bruce is going to his 12th year. Um, yeah, came in the middle of the season, brought great leadership, got a few sacks, but I believe it's time for Mafe to just. You know, you let like the man him? grow. Let him grow. I didn't see enough of him. Mm. I did see some splashes to where I believe he can be good. I don't want to see this man in coverage. <laughs> I, I, I know I don't want to see that. And you saw him a few times, you know, out there against running backs. But let this man grow. Let him develop. And then, like we said earlier, in order for guys to grow, you got to get guys out of the way. So all I know is we just got done exercise, and now we're going to hit the uh, steam room, little sauna, little shave. There's nothing better than a shave after a steam room. Uh, that's 15 guys right there. I think that exercise taught me as we're sitting in our towels, half that room's going to turn over. Yeah, it, it has to. I mean, it, when you hear Pete talk about the difference between what they have in San Francisco right now and what they have here, and he says it's all up front. How could it not change? I mean, can you do that, KJ? Can you turn over seven guys and, and next year not to hit the ground running because this is a complex scheme. It does have to fold together. But as a D line, is that is that an area if you're going to transform your team roster wise? It ain't happening necessarily in your line or receiver or running back or I don't think really in the secondary. They like the corners and safeties. But can you transform your roster in that D line room in that front seven and be okay? Yes, and and Brock, we haven't even talked about the offensive line. We haven't even talked about the interior of our offensive line. Do we just forget about you know you know Gabe Jackson? But we got next week. Oh yeah, the week after. I think this yeah. This is my last week here. (laughs) This This is KJ's last week. This is my last day. No, uh -uh. we're going to (laughs) renegotiate. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we're going to renegotiate. And if you're not a new sponsorship, yeah, and if you're taking less for Gino, we know how you're going to operate, right? So count my pockets, bro. Oh, I'm counting your pockets. No, no, I'm counting. I'm in your pockets. What I'm I'm hearing is that he's just telling us, "Bless your heart." You guys just aren't a scheme fit. KJ, we know you know what we did for you this year you know what you did for us what? you guys gave let's me make this opportunity you guys gave oh, me a yes. chance let's, let's nice make this a, let's make this a win-win okay we're gonna figure out a way this can't be <laughs> it as good <laughs> listen as good as the season was let's be honest guys let's be honest it surprised the heck out of the nation i'm not gonna call it a cinderella story but it surprised a lot of people there are some pieces to add to this roster. Interior offensive line, 
defensive line. We got linebackers. We can't just think that we can just go into this offseason and get back to the playoffs. It, it won't happen like that. It would not happen like that. And so you saw what happened with the Rams. You know, for us to beat the Rams twice, who saw that coming? Who who in the world saw that coming? Who saw us sweeping the Cardinals? You know what I mean? So we got to make sure that we get back to the drawing board, put this team on the roster, and look like where can we get better? Uh, just quickly, because as you said, this is one of your is your last time here uh-huh. doing this with us, for now uh-huh. anyway. Uh, <laughs> how about some of the guys that might be available? How do you feel about Deron Payne? How do you feel about Fletcher Cox? A couple of guys that are that are going to come out and, and be potential free agents to go I, somewhere. I, I love Payne. Big, that's a big guy from the Commanders. Mm-hmm. A guy that can make a difference up front, and you're going to have to spend some money. You got to spend some money. I do believe that the Seahawks are, what, top five, top ten when it comes to salary cap. And so you do have to make investments if you want to, you know, climb that ladder and be amongst the uh, the big boys in the NFC and in the AFC. And so um, I, I like him. I Fletcher, you know, I went, obviously I went to school with Fletcher. I love Fletcher. No, don't bring Fletcher in. Um, mm-hmm. Fletcher's not going to leave Philadelphia anyway. Keep him out there. God, I love him. I do. I love Fletcher, too. But not not here, not in this game. Okay, not no scheme issue, scheme issue, scheme no, issue. All right, Fletcher. I'll lay off the Fletcher Cox thing. Yeah, yeah, just let that go because I kind of <laughs> let that go. Biggest really lesson, biggest takeaway in twenty weeks of this show was what KJ? Man, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> let me tell y'all something. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for that question. Thank you for that, Brock. Um, when I took this job, um, the way I envisioned myself, like, okay, KJ, you go do something, get out of the house, talk some media. Talk some sports. It'll be cool. Fellas, when I tell you that I never imagined the type of impact that we would have on this city, job well done, us three. We did a phenomenal job on this show. I've gone to grocery stores. I've gone to just um, take my kids to school. And people stop me all the time like, man, I love you guys' show. You guys are funny. You guys bring a lot of insight. You guys are authentic. You guys are real. Fellas. Wow. Job well done. And that's done. just what you hear from some of your ex-teammates, right? Doug and <laughs> Sir. Sir. From, from Listen, my, man. I'm told they loved everything you did here on this show. They love you guys. But nah, <laughs> listen, fellas. I truly enjoyed my time here. Uh, wow. Brock, thank you for like the you know calling me and explaining. KJ, be careful with this. Watch this. Thank you. Salk, you were awesome. Just you you really I look forward to coming in to work on Wednesday. Like, this is so cool. I, I had a phenomenal time. And um, yeah, man, we gotta. All right, big boss lady, Kyle. Let's yeah. go. Okay, KJ. Everybody hear that? Muckleshoot, yep. Muckleshoot, Kyle, Kathy, everybody let's out go. there. How I'm, do we continue let's, this? Let's give, the, let's give the people. See, what this they is want. what this is the love fest. See, we just did a whole love fest right there, just like yeah. Pete and Gino. Pay now let's get a deal done. Can we franchise tag KJ? Is that possible? <laughs> we have to franchise tag him moving hey, forward. Hey, the other stations Lock were in the other stations rate. were calling. Jeez. Oh, uh, all right, we'll see. They were calling. KJ, I would I think speak for Brock to say that that feeling is very mutual. We've absolutely loved this. This has been a blast. It has been an incredible honor and pleasure to get to know you here yep. over the course of this season. As I said earlier, I've really learned a lot about you, about the Seahawks over the course of the last decade, about the game of football. So thank you. And, and next uh, Wednesday at 8 a.m., Cliff Abrams show starts. So if, if you don't want to be here. I <laughs> uh, love you, that's KJ. Let's get Bruce Thanks, Bruce. Will Bruce give us yep. that? Like, do you like Bruce's little sack thing that he does with his arms folded? You know what Bruce started doing? He started waving like this. Yeah. I'm like, Double what is, hands. What do you know? I don't like that. Just, like just do hands. the give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> then fold your arms. Love you, KJ. Everybody. Thank you, pal. There you go. Love you, love KJ you man. Right. Love you. We'll Thank be you right guys. back. Rock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com.